Welcome to Locking Your Success. We are the company that creates strategies to build wealth. This podcast is the audio from the Locking Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update webinar. This webinar reviews real-time hypothetical trades each week while analyzing market conditions with adjustments. Questions are always welcomed, asked, and answered. If you would like to view the charts and graphs referenced in this podcast, please visit our blog at LockingYourSuccess.com for a video replay of the live webinar. Before we get started, we need to go over our disclosures. Locking Your Success LLC is not a broker dealer or financial advisor. This presentation is for educational purposes only. This information is not an offer to buy, sell, or hold securities. You shall be fully responsible for any investment decision you make, and such decisions will be based solely on your evaluation of your financial circumstances, investment objectives, risk tolerance, and liquidity needs. Please visit CBOE.com to find and review the options risk disclaimer prior to placing any trades. Also, please note that these are real-time but hypothetical computer simulated trades and results. The trades are believed to be as accurately presented as possible, however, they are not guaranteed as to accuracy and therefore live results may vary. No representation is being made that any portfolio will or is likely to achieve profits or losses similar to those shown. Whew! Now that that's over, let's get to it. Here is your host, John Locke. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Locking Your Success Options Trading for Income weekly update for... March 21st, 2016. I'd like to wish everybody happy spring. It's finally here. Uh, the Mother Nature has welcomed us here in New Hampshire with a snowstorm today, but uh, it doesn't look like it's too big a one. But uh, hopefully the real spring weather is actually coming soon. If you're watching this on YouTube, listening via podcast, come on over to our website at L-O-C-K-E-N-Your-Success.com. That's LockInYourSuccess.com. Get your free report. The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Successful Trader. And you can stay informed by joining our mailing list and joining our community and get connected with other talented traders that are market neutral as well. And if you want to take your trading up a notch, we also have our group or community coaching sessions and we have enriching sessions as well. So please uh, take a look at those and take advantage of them uh, as you would like. Also, you can look at our programs while you're there. We have strategies for virtually any market condition that can also combine together, so it's really cool. We have our super simple spread trades. We have our M3, the bearish butterfly, the rock, the M21, and of course, then we get into uh, advanced position management and advanced personal management with APM squared, so a great program there as well. In this update, we cover four trades from various systems. We have a bearish butterfly, we have the M3, we have the Rock, we have the V Condor, and if you've been watching us, of course, we uh, update these on our blog as well at LockingYourSuccess.com. And uh, to get immediate access to these, then uh, you can become a, just a premium member here at, uh, at Locking Your Success. So for announcements this week, we have our Community Coaching Enriching Session, uh, What About Ray and the Rock's Guide to Options Trading. This is going to be about uh, Ray... Ray's journey to um, in trading uh, and market neutral trading as well, and we're going to discuss fear and anxiety for developing trading. It's going it's going to be a lot of fun. Ray put most of this together himself. I'm just going to do some commentary on it, and it's going to be uh, fun and very educational for you know anybody who's struggling psychologically, particularly in the market, and in this current market especially because it's especially challenging for neutral traders when we're having record moves in the indices. So. 
I encourage you to join us for that. It's free for Premium Plus members. Uh, we have discounts for Premium members, and of course, a regular member can purchase it if they'd like. So that's this Wednesday night at 9 p.m. So we encourage you to do that. And I also have Successful Trader of the Month Options uh, webinar with Cindy Sauver on Friday, March 25th at 1 p.m. Eastern Daytime. If you're a Premium or a Premium Plus member, that is free, and you can go ahead and just sign up for that at, uh, at, on our website. So make sure you do that. Then join us there. And of course, we still have openings for Trading Triangle live in Hawaii. We've booked a lot of space, so we have pretty much as many people as we'd like can go there. It's going to be a great time as well. So if you've been to one of our live events, we have fun. We have a lot of education, and uh, we'll have a good time. All right, so let's move on to what's happening here. Let's see. I'm just looking at a question. What, John? What is your estimation of the mean of Rutz IV in the current market? I'm not sure what that question means, actually. But let's uh, let's take a look at the market while we're here. So I'm going to drag this up. If you can elaborate on that a little bit, I could probably give you an answer. But for now, Russell. Well, the markets in general continue to rise. Uh, we are reaching levels here from a point movement standpoint and a percentage movement standpoint in some of the indices like the SPX, levels we haven't, we've never experienced, right? So um, a lot of times the Russell will run 160 points off a bottom in 60 days. It's pretty much there. If it goes much higher than that, it's pretty much doing something it's never done in history. So uh, really, really overextended the upside. We continue to be that way, and uh, not only is it in the Russell, but it's also in the SPX, in the Dow, and in the NASDAQ. So very overextended in all the indices. I have to maintain my bearish st uh, stance. Uh, I know we were bearish last uh, week, yet the markets continued higher. We were bearish the week before that, yet the markets continued higher. Uh, with the levels that they are now, uh, and I was just saying this on, I was saying this to somebody last week, if by last Friday, if you're not taking bearish bets on the market, then you're not a real trader as far as anything directional goes. Um, the, the market's just so far up that uh, the chances of us going much higher, and I don't mean that, you know, I don't mean that to be mean. I'm just, it's just kind of, a, uh, uh, I'm just saying that the markets are just so overextended that the, the odds are so much in your favor of either an extended sideways move here or even more in your favor of, of some sort of a reasonable down move. So even if the markets happen to go up again this week, uh, to me, that's completely irrational, and uh, you know, I'm taking bearish bets on the market. <laughs> so we'll see see where that goes. But there's no point in analyzing everything. We are, um, you know, we this here, this breakout in the Nasdaq actually bullish, right? Because we have a a pattern here, an inverse head and uh, shoulders pattern. It broke out. That's technically bullish short term. That should bring the market to 4750. Again, we're so overextended, I would not expect that. I would expect this breakout to fail and for us to come down. The, uh, the Dow here is just, I mean, look at this run in the, in the, in the Dow Jones, right? From 15.5 to 70, over 17.5, it's 2,000 points. Very short period of time. We're coming into a downtrending resistance line. Should offer some sort of resistance there. The Dow's been trading fairly uh, technically correctly. No, it might push up into here. Uh, I, I doubt it. I just, I just can't see that kind of power in the market. But 
like I said, we've uh, it's been surprising us for the last couple of weeks. The SPX here, again, overextending into its primary downtrend line, which is uh, likely to reverse there. Uh, NDX, we, we're not into a downtrend line in NDX, but still, uh, we have, we've had quite a run there. And of course, coming back to the Russell, we're, uh, we had it, we did have a market reset here, which technically this is good to go again to the upside. Um, I might be concerned with this going a lot higher if the other markets weren't so overextended. But, um, like I said, uh, it, it can go high. The market's going to, the thing is the market's going to do what it's going to do. So, uh, you know, I want to reiterate this too. We're not saying that the market has to come down. We're not saying the market has to go sideways. The traders can take the market. They can continue to trade it up. They can be irrational. They can set records. That's how records are set. So it can continue to go up. So make sure you're aware of your max loss areas. Make sure you're not taking on too much risk. Uh, we're just hoping that, you know, certain things are going to happen. But if I'm entering a new trade, um, I'm initially going to be bearish here. So, uh, okay, the IV of the run is about 18.13. I'm expecting for it to rise to a mean statistical um, value. Well, if we look at the um, Russell for the, the, not the Russell, but say the RVX, right, it's, uh, let's just go daily here, right? So we're running pretty much in the mid-size, in, in the middle of where we are um, for the last five years. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure how to answer that question. The, 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 this year, if the market continues to run sideways and or run down, it's going to continue to drop. This can drop all the way. You know, as we know, into the into the 12, 12 and a half, 13 area, uh, 18.14 is a reasonable volatility level. It's down quite a bit from a 32.5. Does it often? Is it often a little bit higher? Yes. If the market comes back down, it'll probably come up a little bit. Um, but what else to say on that? I, I'm not sure. I mean, if you're if you're counting on. It, it rising simply because it's below its statistical mean, I wouldn't necessarily do that. Although, I would expect the market to reverse and I would expect it to rise higher. Uh, you know, that said, we've also had levels way down here in the 13 area. So, hopefully that um, that helps. All right, so for the current rising market, is a bearish butterfly not a suitable strategy? Uh, so, here is the thing that we talk about with uh, strategies, and this can happen not only in, you know, within my systems, but this happens in general in the marketplace. What tends to happen is the average trader is late for the party. So the market's rising, the market's rising, the market's rising. They have, maybe they do neutral strategies that are completely neutral, and the market's been rising so much that they keep getting blown out to the upside. By the time their three months have gone by and they've lost three times, and they're sick of the market going up, they come in and they put a bullish strategy on. And of course, that's when the market's likely to come down, and the market does come down, and they lose the bullish strategy. And then you get something like we had um, in the, let me just go to one year, and then you get something like you had where we had this really large down move here. 
And what happens is people are maybe in sideways strategies. They're a little bit more sideways. It doesn't matter what they are. It doesn't matter if you're comparing it with M3 bearish butterfly bull trades or if you're doing uh, or, or, or whatever. You're saying, you know, as the market comes down here, your neutral trades are getting hammered to the downside. So you say, I'm going to put a bearish position on, a bearish butterfly, whatever, um, or whatever it is, right? And usually that happens when the market's either here or right about down here. And then they get blown out to the upside. And then they say, oh, well, that doesn't work anymore. I'm going to, you know, put on something bullish now or, or, or whatever. And you're always behind the eight ball, which is why you're always losing, right? The only time you actually win is when you happen to get in and the market conditions happen to say, you know, bullish for an irrationally long period of time or bearish for an irrationally long period of time. So realistically, you should be looking at your bearish strategies when the market's up. You should be looking at your bullish strategies when the market's down, right? And, you know, what happened to a lot of people is, you know, they get into bearish positions here. This is not generally historically a place to get into a bearish position. You know, while it's true the market may crash and just completely fall apart and you would have been better off, we have to trade for what happens most of the time. And most of the time when the market goes down so many points, it rises again. And most of the time when it rises so many points, it goes negative again. And if you play those odds, you're going to win a lot more often than if you're playing this way. So, um, for this rising market right now, with where the market is, I would say bullet bearish butterfly is is very very suitable for it, because because you, because you have a rising market, the bearish butterfly is suitable for that because the market's risen so much that it's likely to drop back off again, right? Um, just as when you have a uh, you know when you're up in a trend. You tend to go bearish. When you're down, you tend to go bullish. If, unless for some reason you have, you personally have some sort of a reason why why this is going to continue long term. But even in 2013, my guys who time a bearish butterfly strategy, in other words, they don't necessarily just enter 56 days, but they enter when the market's up a lot, uh, did very very well because even 2013 had its sideways and down moves. It just happened to be the way it was cycled, the up moves always happened, started, the market was always down 56 days to expiration, which is why bearish butterfly was problematic back then. Uh, if you did 56 days to expiration with no charting whatsoever. Um, so, you know, hopefully that helps. I'm just trying to get you out of the mindset of, oh no, the market's coming down, I'm going to put on a bearish position or, or you know, when the market's been down a lot, I'm going to put on a bearish position. That generally for the most part, the odds are against you at that point, just as the odds are, t are against you right now for, for a bullish position. Again, either one of them may work out, but the odds are against you. Uh, can I comment the current bearish butterfly pricing? It seems to have been falling off rapidly. <clears throat> I actually am not experiencing the pricing falling off rapidly. Um, wait, what month are you, are you discussing here? When I get the answer to that, we can go that. Um, for now, what we'll do is we'll go over to the trades. We'll answer some other questions a little bit later. So let's drag up. This here. And okay, that's going to be for May. So we'll look at that as we get into bearish butterfly stuff. So here is what we had on Monday prior to um, 
prior to close, as of our last update. We were here, we converted this over into an M3U. And for those of you who may have not have seen last week's video or the week before that, a lot of times when we're chasing the market up and the market's just going up and up and up and it gets into these irrational uh, up moves, we just do what we call basically a lockdown on the position where we just flatten our T plus zero line so we can take our, um, we know what our maximum loss number is on the downside. We build a tent to the backside. And hey, if the market backs off, then we get up into the tent here, we make some money. If the market doesn't back off, then we just, you know, we just take our break even and move into the next month or whatever this line happens to be. So that's the point where we were at. On Monday, we were experiencing some, um, you know, a delta theta ratio issue, if nothing else, on this trade. A lot of times, if I get one to one, then I'll, I, I generally, if we get more than one, one to one delta theta, generally. I'm okay t taking on a little bit more downside risk. So I did that. I just came in here, bought two more of these um, 1060-1070s. All that does is it raises our expiration graph just a little bit uh, just so that we hold on to whatever minimal profits that we happen to have. Here is um, what the position looks like there. From there, we actually did not do anything till Wednesday. All right, we got a down move on Tuesday, which would have actually been nice had it continued. We could have maybe got in here and done a little bit of, um, uh, you know, made a little bit more money here. But uh, as we know, the market just kind of reversed to the upside. So on Wednesday, when the market went up, Again, if you're using standard M3 rules here, we have a delta of minus 75, which is too high outside the tent. So I just came in here and did three more of these, 1060, 1070s. And from there, we go into this position here and we still haven't, we could have closed the trade or we could have left ourselves an opportunity if the market backed off on Thursday to, you know, this is only, if the market only backed off 10 or 15 points on Tuesday, this is a, you know, you can double your profits. So I was perfectly good to do that, to risk a little bit of cash for the opportunity to, for that to happen. This did not happen, obviously. We, uh, market went up and just expired this position here for a small profit for the month of, let's see what this actually shows here on our analyzed graph. If this is expired, this is gonna give us about $1,160. So small profit on the March M3 trade. Um, tough month, tough month, very, very big up month here. If we have the rock trade, uh, flatten the T plus zero line. Just a question. Flatten the T plus zero line. What is the maximum days to expiration? Uh, you can flatten this. If you have some sort of a market opinion, you can continue to flatten your T plus zero line. Or in other words, continue to raise your expiration line if that's what you're asking. We can continue to raise the expiration line right up until the day of expiration. I could have possibly closed out that last vertical and let these 10 expire way down here on... Um, on Friday, right? Because I, if I if I could have gotten some money for this long strike, in other words, if I could have closed 
the last two on Thursday, then you know I could have done that. Um, some uh, usually I don't bother. I just use I just let it go. Uh, but I'll 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 continue to I'll continue to run this into expiration uh, if I want to. Realistically, the Monday adjustment that I made on this uh, M3 trade I probably wouldn't have made live. Um, this year I probably would have held this position. Delta is okay. You know, the issue is the theta is about flat or negative, so um, I probably would have held this position here. When we got the down move on Tuesday, I definitely would have um, done some of those verticals. So I could have popped another another five hundred to a thousand dollars out of this, um, you know, playing direction a little bit. I don't really don't have a ton of risk here. There's not there's not a, a bunch of risk, so uh, I probably would have left this here. So I wouldn't have. I may not have flattened it in. I may not have flattened it live, but um, according to the rules, which we're trying to stay with the guidelines as much as possible, we are negative theta. We are, uh, so I, I would have to make an adjustment there according to guidelines. So I just went ahead and did that. Um, all right, so let's go to our rock trade. This is the position we looked like in the rock trade. Now, this would have been, would have actually turned out really well if it wasn't for Tuesday. Um, Tuesday, we got, a down move that, that had to, that darn down move on Tuesday knocked us out of our upper butterflies. And that, yeah, they pretty much sealed the fate for us to have a break-even-ish trade uh, on this. But this could have worked out really well if it wasn't for Tuesday's move. But this is what we look like here on Monday. No adjustments on Monday. Tuesday, we got that big down move. Right? We ended up plus... 377 delta. We ended up down a bunch of money. Up in a position that looks like this. So by guidelines, I do have to correct this. So pulled off the upper butterflies. And like I said, you know, I usually cut it back to about half maximum delta here, which is which is this works out just fine. This is the position that we went into on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday. When the market popped back up, the money came right back into this. Now, if you um, listened or, or remember, remember what I said last week, I basically said because of the drawdown on this, if this trade gets up around $1,000, this trade is going to be exited. Um, because I'm not going to hold it two days to expiration when it's just gained back a lot of its value. So we ended up pulling the trade off at about break even. Um, about plus six hundred on about plus eight hundred on Wednesday, so so that trade was closed at near break even. So again, slightly positive but lackluster month on the rock trade. Again, it's because of the type of price moves we're getting. These are neutral trades, and being neutral, you're not going to make a ton of money in the markets doing uh, making record moves. So that is um, that was the March rock trade, our March V Condor. If we come back to Monday, again, this would have been a much better trade had it not been for Tuesday. But the Mark Street Condor is sitting here, right? Of course, if we did nothing and expired this, we'd be looking at, you know, uh, up here uh, in there for money. Tuesday, though, we come in here. 
and we had to we have a maximum positive delta of plus 50 on a V condor even when we're up in the tent here right because what we don't want to happen is for this to come down and um, lose all our, all our profits although um, I'm, again, I may have left this because realistically I'm not going to take a loss here and my upside with the bullishness of the market is, is too big, so I may have left that. But anyway, we did not, according to the guidelines, we made our guidelines adjustment. We just rolled this call. It was down here up to 1080, put us at around uh, still positive delta, but up in this range here. And then, of course, we just let this expire on Thursday, right? And this comes to this position here. Now, I, I, it's not showing us the right profit and loss because it lost um, our lower options. So let me go back and see if I can get those back in here. Now, lost the lower options. The actual profit and loss on this came out in the uh, 44.50 level. So 44, uh, $4,450. So almost a 10% gain, about an 8.9% gain in the V Condor for March. And like I said, the, the system's just losing the options because they were so far uh, out of the money here. Okay, so let's, uh, so those are, are all of our March trades. So we took about a 10% loss on, no, about a 20% loss on the bearish butterfly for March. We had a small gain in the M3. We had a small gain in the rock trade. We had about a 9% gain in the um, in the V Condor. So overall, down a little bit for the month in um, March for the sample portfolio. Again, it's market neutral trades, and we're having not having a market neutral market at all. So that has to be expected when you are market neutral. All right. So for M3, do I trade? Do you? Okay, for the M3, do I ever let the time premium value with the deep in the money call go negative? Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so sometimes the time value, you'll see this in, even in April, you'll see this negative. Sometimes it posts negative two, three, four, five dollars. Uh, I don't have a choice on whether it goes negative or not. And it's just, a, it's, it's simply how they mark the prices. They have a very wide bid ask spread. So sometimes you'll see negative postings in time value on the um, on the April expiration. What I'll do if a lot of times on the Russell, this isn't necessarily true on the SPX. The SPX sometimes if it goes negative time value, you won't get it filled. A lot of times in the Russell, you'll still get it filled for near intrinsic value. If you do not, um, I'll just keep it. So uh, in other words, I can either, if I'm going to expire the trade, I can expire the the call. If I'm not going to expire the trade, I can close my April position and open my May position and keep the call in April, right? So I'm trading the May butterflies for my M3 position, but I'm in an April call, and I can do that until they have a day when they actually become rational with the pricing, or I can, you know, if worst case scenario, I can expire the darn thing if they're not going to give me my money for it. Um, I haven't ever had in a situation in the Russell where I haven't been able to get close to intrinsic value. Um, you know, sometimes you'll have to you'll pay a little bit to get rid of it, right? You'll pay a little bit to get rid of it, but it shouldn't be much more than a dime or so. And if they don't do it, just expire the darn thing. But usually if it's coming up on expiration and they can make a little bit of money, they'll do it. Um, and they'll give that to you. So those are some things that you can, uh, you can think about. All right, so let me show T-logs for these.
and then we will move on. So March v. Condor, I'm just going to open this up. Looks like that. We have our March Parish Butterfly trade here, which I think we've already shown that in the past. We have our March M3 trade. Again, we started this M3 trade um, what, way down at 940, right? So lots of, I'm sorry, 990, so lots of movement there. We have the March Rock trade which again started as an M3, um, way down at 990 here, and uh, ended up up here. All right, let's go into April. April we have our April bearish butterfly, obviously we got knocked out of that. We have our April M3 trade, which on Monday got, uh, let's see here, the April M3 trade, which on Monday we ended up selling five, 12, uh, 10, 30, 10, 40 verticals. We have a Vega issue. So that's primarily, that's why we also have a Delta issue. So we just sold five of these 10, 30, 10, 40s. We have on uh, nothing Tuesday because the market came down. On Wednesday, right, we did five more of these 1030, 1040s, and we did it because our delta was a little bit more negative than it should be outside the tent. So we just did five verticals there, pulled into a position that looks like this. On Thursday, we actually did a butterfly roll, and we had a nice 20-point up move here on Thursday. So what we did is we went from our 1030 butterfly with verticals to a 1050 butterfly with seven 1050 1060s and three 1050 1070s brings us to and still a nice negative delta here, a nice solidly negative vega and a positive theta. Two position looks like that. And then on Friday, I don't think there was anything on Friday here. We'll just check. We'll do a quick T-log check here. Yeah, nothing, uh, no, we did do something on Friday. Friday I did a few more of these verticals, again, outside the tent, delta issue. Um, we did some of these, some 1060, 1070s. So we did, I guess, three of those, looks like. So three 1060, 1070s. Here is our T-log for the M3 trade thus far. This started way back at 980 short strikes, so quite a base back there. We have the April V Condor, which this move is a little big for a V Condor. So uh, let me just show you where that sits. And I'm going to go back to, uh, let's see here. We'll go back to Thursday. Right, so this here is down about 27. No, it's down less than 27. So uh, again, we lost the, <laughs> our, our vertical spreads on the low side are so far down that we keep losing these. So here we are Tuesday, Thursday. This is actually, realistically, I would have liked to do another roll up on this position. When we start having a one to one delta theta ratio, it's a mandatory roll up. Uh, we've been pushing that level a couple times in this trade. And one of the challenges with this particular position 
is that we're not quite hitting our delta theta numbers to do a roll-up of the downside. And this may be, it may have something to do with a modeling issue. Um, and we know where the modeling's changed a little bit. So we may have to go back and look at some of the old back tests and see if we're actually hitting those numbers and maybe make a modification to that number. But right now, it's not hitting those numbers, so we're not doing anything. Um, position is down about 1,700. And we're, we'll click this. Thursday, uh, prior to roll-up, we ended up in a position where we had too much negative delta. So we ended up buying back two of these 1130s and went into a position that looks like this. If we take a look at our T-log, I'll quickly show you that. This already had one roll-up. To have a roll-up on a V-condor is extremely rare. To have two roll-ups on a condor is very, very rare. And um, it's just one of those months where you know we just had a huge, huge move from where we initially put the uh, position on. So let's go here. And this is what the position looks like now. This is not going to be recoverable unless we can do a position roll-up. If we do a position roll-up, in other words, if we, or the market just kind of hangs here and kind of grinds up, it might be recoverable as well if it grinds up really, really slowly. But um, probably not. If, um, if we do hit the delta-theta ratio, we can roll up the lower side. We can roll back the upper side a little bit. We can tighten this up and uh, possibly make something. If not, it falls kind of in the middle of the rules guidelines, and it's probably going to settle into a small loss. But that's what we have on the V Condor. Again, a little bit uh, too much market movement for the trade. Um, and that's all the trades that we had opened. We, I, we were due for a rock entry on Wednesday. And if we take a look at that, I'll show you how we opened it. We did the entry test. We're still in M3 mode for the rock trade. So let me go here. I entered this position with 1040 butterflies. And so I went, ended up going 30 points behind the market. I had to do that to get the T plus zero line flat, uh, relatively flat. I did uh, six, 1040, 1050 verticals, four, 1040, 1060 verticals. Give us a delta of about minus five and puts us in a position like this. And were there any adjustments? I do not believe there were. If we go to Friday, this here is perfectly fine. Minus 40 deltas, down just a slight bit about, which isn't surprising since we had a very uh, two very large up moves, up 30 plus points uh, since we actually put it on. But we don't really have any adjustments here. We're negative vega. We're a little bit more over the long strike than we'd like to be, but we're holding our Greeks, so... Uh, we generally wouldn't do anything here. So here is a T-log for that particular trade. And of course, we have our May uh, V Condor. So we go into that. I did this on Friday. Sold short strikes. We did a little bit more than 10 delta, uh, mainly because of the pricing of the options. I wasn't getting the credit I wanted. Uh, I had a choice of 9 or 12 here. I had a choice of 9 or 11 here. I decided to go with the 11 and the 12 rather than the 9s. And we did our straddle here at 1090. 
and we get a position that looks like this. So this is a nice looking position here. As, as the market is reasonable, this should uh, should do well. Hopefully we'll pull the V condo out of this little slump that we've been having here. So that is, those are the positions. And um, let's go back to the questions. So we had a question on bearish butterfly pricing in May. Uh, let's see what the current pricing is as of Friday in May. So I'm just gonna go to just a clean account. So one of the things is when we, when we usually when we talk about bearish butterfly pricing, we're always talking about 56 days to expiration. We are 63 days to expiration. If you want to compare what pricing should be on a butterfly, in other words, if you're trying to compare a 63 to a 56, it's, it should be less expensive, right? So, right, so we're running right now. Uh, this is unbalanced, I think. Yeah, it's unbalanced. Let's see what this is uh, running for pricing, right? So this is running about 1040, uh, 63 days expiration. That's actually relatively, relatively expensive. Uh, not for the volatility level. It's probably average for the volatility level, but it's it's a little expensive for being 63 days expiration. So to me, this is not a dropping butterfly price. Now, if you've been monitoring the 63s. Uh, in other words, if you've been monitoring the if you've been monitor, monitoring the May expiration bearish butterfly, and the price has been dropping as it's getting close to expiration, and it should be rising, <clears throat> that's often unusual. But it's not very unusual for the last two days because what we had is, if you look in the in the Russell, what you have is you had a sideways range here. We went sideways for you know what one two three four five six seven eight nine nine days, right? So generally, if you're running sideways, butterfly prices tend to increase in value, and when the market takes off, even though volatility drops, the the at the money butterfly or even twenty points under the market tends to decrease in value. So that would be normal, and it's just a it's just a matter of the market uh, shifting from neutral to now the traders think it's going to be it's going to go up again so that'll give you a, a drop in the prices so hopefully that answers your question there so t logs yep i'm showing t logs i'm looking to see if i missed anything sometimes if i can't sell my deep in the money call at a favorable price this is from david um, i'll try to sell a call 10 or 20 points higher at a favorable price now we have a small vertical left right so that's another good another good thing that you can do so you can sell if they're not giving you if they're holding you negative time value you can sell something a few strikes higher and maybe they'll give you negative time value ha 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 I'm just laughing um, but you can sell some you can sell something else and if you're and, uh, and and basically have a very small vertical for risk left over and close the rest of the position and just hold a small vertical, let it expire. There's a little bit of risking that, if the, of course, if the market crashes, but, uh, but that's another way around that also. Um, okay. In which program do I discuss M3U? M3U trade is actually in the M3 program. You just need to look at in the bonus sections and you can find it there. Um, do I think trading multiple strategies at the same time is better versus trading one single strategy such as a bearish butterfly? That is going to be a trader preference. 
And I think we talked about that in, in the coaching last Wednesday night. We talked about trader preference. The important part is, is you're not bouncing back and forth, losing all the time. Uh, you know, if you, you know if you're a bearish butterfly trader, you're going to lose in certain conditions. You know if you're an M3 trader, there's certain conditions. If you're a bullish vertical trader, there's certain conditions you're not going to do well. And you can decide to be the type of trader who just rides those conditions out. Because generally, the short term, any of these strategies, long term, works very well in the marketplace. You'll make money long term, but it doesn't matter what trade you're trading. You're going to have periods of time when it's you know the market is accommodating to you, and you're going to have periods of time when it's not. And um, if you're, and you can again as a trader, as long as there's not something fundamental that changes in the market. In other words, they don't change the law on pricing, or maybe we're not getting certain prices anymore because of the new computer, you know, you know, sometimes you don't get as favorable pricing. Like, we, we don't get as favorable pricing as we used to a few years back. And that has to do with the computerization of market makers and all this other stuff. And it's not to the point where it's a problem, but it's a little more challenging for market neutral traders in general um, now than it used to be. But if that ever gets to the point where it's problematic, you know, then we need to do a strategy change because of that. But uh, in general, you know, you're going to stick with your strategy, or you can be the type of trader who rotates strategies for market conditions, in which case you're going to need some sort of a metric to measure your market conditions, and then rotate your strategies around that, which is generally, if you're good at it, it's more profitable. If you're, if you're bad at it, it's usually you end up going negative in your account because you're always on the wrong strategy just because of the delay, just because of the thing we talked about before is the average trader is always behind the market. Right. If you're if you're a good trader, generally you're going to be flipped on the other side of that, and you're going to be always on the you'll be mostly on the right side of the market because you're going bearish when the market's up, you're going bullish when the market's down a lot. So hopefully that um, that's helpful there. Let's see. Did I say one to one delta theta ratio on an M3 is an automatic roll up? No, I did not. I was only discussing the M3U. Um, the M3U trade, we have a one-to-one -one delta theta ratio um, that most people add into it. Uh, that we don't, you can do that on the M3 if you want to, but um, it's not within the guideline set. Uh, is there a big disadvantage to uh, using an M3U to start a rock trade? No, M3U is perfectly fine to start a rock trade, uh, especially if you're if you're small position size. A lot of people do that, so that's fine. So I think that is all we have for now. I thank everybody for joining me today, and we will talk to you next week.